We are glad to be here. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I believe this is week eight of our online gatherings. My name is Sarah and this is Micah and we're the pastors at the Vine Church. And we just wanted to get on today and share an encouraging message from the words of Jesus. And we're really excited to share his words with you today. So I don't know if you've ever had this experience, um, but uh, sitting with a friend uh, who's hurting uh, or maybe your child and tears are flowing and you know the right thing to do. It's to sit often in silence with them, to place a hand on their shoulder, to talk as um, as they're ready to talk. Um, but I don't know if anyone's ever had this experience where like in the back of your mind, there's this nagging need to say, will you just stop crying? Especially if it's a child at night mm. and it's way past bedtime. Yeah. yeah. No, I've never had that experience either. So, I mean, don't, no judging right now. Or a child wakes up in the night with a nightmare and it's like, well, just stop thinking about it. But you can't say those things. Today, we're looking at the words of Jesus and Jesus is going to say, so do not worry. And it's like, how can you say those words? Yet, I don't think Jesus is being Harsh. I don't think he's being critical in the statement. In fact, I think there's a beautiful invitation in here, especially as we look at the broader context of what Jesus is saying in this passage. Today, we're going to be in Matthew 6. And at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's been traveling, he's been teaching, he's been healing people. And so crowds have begun to follow him. Wherever he goes, he has a crowd following him. And in the story we're going to read today, Um, Jesus approaches a mountainside and he climbs up the mountainside and he sits down in a place where he's visible and his his disciples, the crowds, um, gather around him and they sit down to listen to him teach. And he this sermon is often called the Sermon on the Mount because he was sitting on the mountainside as he taught the people. And so he speaks of the Beatitudes. He speaks of the Old Testament laws and talks about the heart behind some of those Old Testament laws. He speaks of spiritual practices such as giving to the needy and prayer and fasting and storing up treasures in heaven. And after he he speaks to those things, there's this one section. And like Micah mentioned, it it's called do not worry. And Jesus speaks to his disciples and says, do not worry. And can I just confess when I first hear that, my first reaction is, Yeah, right. I mean, that is way easier said than done. I am a self-professed worrier. Um, I've I've struggled with anxiety off and on in my life. And this message um, is kind of hard for me. But I believe that there are powerful and beautiful things that Jesus invites us to. And that's what this is, is an invitation not to worry. And so I'm excited to look at his words today. In Matthew 6, 25, uh, the section that we'll be reading begins, and he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Um, the, uh, the first word in there, therefore, notice he links it to the things that he said before. And as Sarah's mentioned, um, he's inviting us to spiritual disciplines of looking towards the needs of others, of focusing our attention on God and prayer and in fasting on looking at the bigger picture, the eternal things. And he mm-hmm. said, in the context of having shifted uh, our mental focus a little bit, uh, don't 
worry mm -hmm. any longer. And he speaks specifically to things like uh, the food that we'll eat or the clothes that we'll wear. And I love his um, statement at the end of verse 25. He said, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? He's saying food and clothes, those are important things. We need those things in our lives. But when they become the sole focus and we lose sight of the fact that our life is much broader, much more expansive, much more dynamic than just the food that we eat or the clothes that we wear. Uh, he says, broaden your perspective to realize that life is bigger than some of these things that we often get locked into. Jesus continues in verse 26, and he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So Jesus here uses an example from nature. He says, look at the birds. And I've watched birds. I love, I love bird watching. I got that from my brother. My older brother was a bird watcher, still is. He, he knows every bird uh, in wh whatever location he lives in. Um, but I love watching little birds. And we've had little sparrows build nests and other little birds build nests in our in our yard and around our house and and they're very industrious little creatures they they move all the time they're very busy and they work really hard a couple years ago i took a walk with my girls and we found a bird's nest just laying in the grass it had been blown out of the tree by the wind and so we brought it home and I remember they they kind of looked at it and took it apart a little bit and found all the little pieces of grass and and thread and all the little things that the birds had used to build this nest. And so I don't think Jesus is implying here that we're not supposed to work, <laughs> that we're not supposed to be industrious or plan ahead. That's not that's not the comparison here. But he says he gives two reasons for not worrying. And one of them, he says, look at the birds. God cares for them and God will care for you. So reason number one, God cares for us. And then he gives a second reason. And he says, um, worrying isn't helpful. Like it, you can worry, but it won't add a single hour to your life. And I've certainly experienced that worry is not helpful. Yeah. In fact, it might take hours off of your life. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, he says worry isn't, isn't helpful. Now, I think it's really important for us to define worry here. Um, worry is to give way to anxiety, to dwell continually on a difficulty or a struggle, um, to have this overwhelming focus on what's going wrong, whether it be real or perceived. And so Jesus is saying this worry isn't helpful. God will take care of you. In verse 28, Jesus goes on with his illustration in nature and he says, um, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. That word at the end, faith is interesting. What Jesus is inviting his followers to is uh, rather than allowing worry to overwhelm us, to lean in to a posture of faith. 
He speaks here of Solomon, who was one of the kings in Israel. Mm -hmm. He was known for his wisdom, for building the temple for all of Israel. Mm -hmm. He was known for his wealth and his fame throughout the world. And you can imagine like anyone in a powerful position, uh, he adorned himself mm -hmm. in remarkable ways to reflect his character and his, um, and his status in the world. And yet Jesus says, but look out at the flowers we have right now outside our window, um, a dogwood tree that's in full bloom and beautiful, big white flowers on this tree. And every day I look at that and it just brings joy. And Jesus says, as we look out at nature, look at what God has done. Look at the beauty he has created and um, look at the way he has adorned nature with beauty. And in, and in the same way, Jesus is saying, God is doing that for you. And I'd imagine Jesus' message here goes beyond just the clothing that he mentions. But Jesus is speaking of the way God and the Holy Spirit is adorning us, making beautiful things out of us. In Galatians 5, it speaks of the Holy Spirit um, bringing into our lives, manifesting in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and these sorts of things. These are the beautiful ways that God is clothing us in our lives. And Jesus concludes this section, starting in verse 31 here. And he says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, I always chuckle at the end there. Sure. You know, tomorrow I will worry about itself. <laughs> Don't go there right now. Uh, one of the things I love about Jesus' last words here is that he says, your heavenly father knows what you need. He knows our needs. And for me, this is a really comforting thought that the creator of the universe, the, mm. the creator, um, the powerful Loving God knows me, knows us, knows you, and he knows what we need and he cares about what we need. He's attentive to what we need. And I think it's comforting to know that whatever we're going through, we are not alone and God is for us. God is working for us. He says, seek first his kingdom, seek first God's kingdom, and all these things will be given to you. And I don't think this is a dismissive statement because we have friends and brothers and sisters and people in the world who literally do not have enough food to eat. Instead, Jesus is saying here, take your requests, take your concerns to God. Know that God needs them, that God cares about your needs and your requests. And God is bringing opportunity and blessing both in this life and eternal um, opportunity and blessing. Um, last Thursday, we were in um, a church gathering and we watched this video on generosity together and had some conversation. And the subject of the video uh, was uh, what of what mentality will we live life out of? Um, 
quite often we find ourselves sucked into the scarcity mentality, thinking that I don't have enough. And it causes us to fight and scratch and cling to what we have to seek to gain more. But Jesus lived with the mentality of abundance, that even when he was living in poverty, even when he was lacking in things or being mistreated, Jesus lived out of a mentality that said, God has blessed us abundantly. And in that, we find ourselves able to live generously. We find ourselves able to trust in God. We find that our worry and anxiety starts to move to the back burner as we start to recognize blessing and opportunity and beauty in the world around us. You know, there will be times when worry creeps in, mm-hmm. when anxiety creeps in. Life life is hard sometimes, and we're faced with hard circumstances. I mean, consider right now the situation that we're in with this global pandemic. Life has changed so much, and it's so easy for worry to creep in. And when that happens, we have a choice. Um, we can either allow the worry to um, take over. We can allow the worry to overwhelm us, uh, to to be almost like <laughs> this vortex, this whirlwind that just sucks us in and that's all we can focus on. Or we can respond to our worry, acknowledge that it's there and respond by leaning into God, respond by going to God. And can I just say, this is really hard work. Okay. So this is not a simplistic, trite answer um, that says, you know what, you just need to trust in God and stop worrying. Uh, Though there's elements of truth to that, that when we say um, things like that in a very simplistic and trite way, it is not very helpful. I I have experienced that. So that's not what I'm doing here. I'm inviting us to put in the work. And when worry comes to recognize that we have a choice and and it's hard work, but we are invited to lean in to God. We are invited to intentionally trust God, Um, invited to be honest with what we're thinking and what we're feeling, invited to, to cling to God, to hold on tightly to his loving hand and to ask the Holy Spirit to work in us and in our circumstances. I I feel like here in this passage and in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is offering us a way out of the overwhelming grip of worry. You know, um, much of this passage speaks to what not to do. Do not worry. Um, And speaking to the negative Mm -hmm. um, isn't always very helpful in life. Don't not just what what do I not do, but tell me what to do. And Jesus does that both here in this text and mm-hmm. in the context in which he's speaking. He says, seek first his kingdom. He says, lean into God in these mm-hmm. times, as Sarah just mentioned. Uh, but he also speaks to mindset change. If you want to go back and read the earlier part of Matthew chapter six, um, Jesus says, so shift your attention from your needs to, to the needs of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, recognize the needs and engage in the needs of other people. He says, spend time in prayer, spend time fasting. This was a common practice in Israel in which they would deny themselves something like food, something necessary 
for a period of time in which they would dedicate that time to leaning into relationship with God. So these are the things Jesus is telling us to do, spiritual disciplines that will invite us to um, uh, mitigate some of that worry that so often creeps in in our lives, uh, see the needs of people, engage in the needs of people, prayer uh, and fasting. And finally, he says in there, and store up treasure in heaven. And what he's speaking of is shifting our mindset from the temporal, from, from the temporary things of life towards the eternal things, the things that God is doing through uh, the scope of the story of scripture and this world and an eternal hope found in him. What an invitation. I love that. I want to invite you to join us in prayer right now as we, in one small way, um, lean into God right here, right now. Pray with me. Dear God, we thank you so much for your care. We thank you so much for your love. We thank you for the beauty of nature that surrounds us, Lord, specifically for the flowers and the birds that you mentioned here. God, as a community, we want to come together and bring to you our worries. Lord, we want to come together and lean in to you. So God, we ask that you would heal those who are sick, that you would comfort those who have lost loved ones in this season. God, that you would help the doctors and the scientists working to find a cure to the coronavirus. God, we ask that you would revitalize the economies around the world right now that are struggling. And God, we pray for the emotional and the mental health of, of all of us who um, have are adapting to this new normal right now. God, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you for your love and your concern and your mercy. And we cling to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So each week we've been pitching a song uh, and Jamie's going to post a song here for us um, on subject with uh, the words that Jesus spoke today. Do not worry. And the song is called um, Fear is a Liar. It's by Zach Williams. And um, I find that often the worry in our life is born of lies that we've mm -hmm. been told. Uh, lies that have been told to us or that we have created within our mind and uh, they're destructive and they, they, they result in worry in life. And so I hope that each of us can find a little bit of blessing in the song. As we recall, Jesus invites us to a new mindset, not allowing the fears, uh, not allowing the lies that have been told to us to dominate us, but instead an invitation uh, to a, a hopeful way of being a, a life with less worry. Thank you guys so much for joining us today, and we hope you have a great week. Blessings.